Hello everyone. Welcome. Unjani sani bonani. Udi nadiuru. Agero nudi maber. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been a little while, a little silence. I am your host Sabina. Thank you so much for joining me in another episode of the Good Grief podcast where today I would like to talk about vulnerability, the process of grief and necessary defiance. Thank you so much for joining me and karibuni sana. One of my favorite favorite uh philosophers or speakers and as you know by now for those of you who've been listening you know that I love to focus on people and teachers who've gone before me and they've learned and left lessons that I find valuable so one of them for me is Wayne Dyer and one of his quotes goes as such you cannot control what goes on inside outside rather but you can control what goes on inside So I know for anybody who's going through the process of grief probably that quote doesn't make sense but for me it does when I think about my journey over the past 6 months and a lot has happened by the way and this is what I'd like to talk about today and I believe that this journey has led me to this particular episode where it's important for me to talk about the process of grief and how it unfolds and how grief essentially is a life changer it's supposed to be so This particular quote is very special to me because it's essentially held me afloat over the past couple of months. And before I delve into explaining this, I'd like to read basically what is the basis of this what I'd like to call the basis of this episode and it's a quote that comes from a lady called Jeanette Winterson. I hope that I'm pronouncing her name right, but I think that's her name. So this is what it says and here goes You'll get over it. It's the clichés that cause trouble. To lose someone you love is to alter your life forever. You don't get over it because it is the person you loved. The pain stops. There are new people, but the gap never closes. How could it? The particularness of someone who mattered enough to grieve over is not made anodyne by death. This hole in my heart is in the shape of you and no one else can fit it. Why would I want them to? I know. <laughs> It's a very beautiful um reading that I have been really pondering about and trying to figure out how to, you know, explain my journey up until now. And the reason why this particular quote has struck a chord with me and in very many ways in conjunction with the wind dire quote has kept me afloat is because they speak to the journey of grief and the importance of understanding our understanding of death in relation to the person that we loved as well as the grieving journey so before i go forward i just want to make a really really important note here i just want people to all of us to understand that grieving is difficult I cannot stress this enough and this is one of the motivations behind my podcast. If you're new here, this is precisely why I started this podcast because it I feel very strongly that it's important for us as a society to be able to allow people 
to walk the grieving journey, but most importantly, to hold their hand and intentionally so. So why am I talking about, you know, grieving and intentionality and vulnerability? Well, the reason why is simply because the issue of vulnerability really um, generally as a society, especially now within this pandemic, is not only difficult for a lot of us, but it's also because vulnerability is typically shrouded by shame and fear. That's pretty much it. So the norm around vulnerability is that we don't want to talk about things that make us feel vulnerable because we are, we generally attach um, negative emotions to it. You know, shame, fear, guilt, um, sometimes even anger, things that we don't want to accept or feel, which is the root of it. Yet, the most interesting thing that I found is it's interesting that we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable because this is exactly the birthplace of everything that we need, which is joy, love, empathy, beauty, stillness. You know, all the things that you're looking for are found in exactly the things that we run away from. At least this has been very true in my own journey. And... Another reason why I really insist on speaking about vulnerability is because any person who's grieving will attest to the fact that when you are going through this traumatic experience, um, it only follows that what you desire as a human being is that you desire comfort, you desire security, you desire some form of um, stability. And typically we tend to look for our immediate environments in form of relationships in form of you know friends and family and you know comfortable strangers if you may and i think that that in and of itself is not a bad thing but i think that what is more important is for you as the grieving person to remain aware in your own journey and the reason why i insist on awareness is because the the grieving process is basically a wound that is agape. It's basically open. It's kind of like a wound that is still bleeding. And these forms of relationships are almost representative of some sort of bandage that you're looking to put over the wound. And if you're not careful, if you just reach out for anything that looks like a bandage, you're going to put it on top of the wound. But essentially, you could be putting something that is not fit for the wound. And therefore, it leads to some sort of sepsis. What I'm saying is it is important to remain aware of the fact that you are vulnerable and keep that at the forefront of your journey in terms of looking for stability, security, and comfort. And the reason for that is because your vulnerability means that you are a perfect target for people who would maybe even abuse you. And by abuse here, I mostly mean emotional abuse because vulnerability makes us soft. It exposes us to the most should i say damp parts of ourselves and a lot of people will somewhat appear to those who appear to give us some sort of comfort could be true but some of them will also use that opportunity to possibly you know take advantage of your pain and turn it into something that could be harmful to you so it's important for you to remain aware of you know your own journey now Another reason why I'm speaking about intentionality is because I've been thinking about my own journey in terms of how far I've come for the past six months. And I'll tell you what has been basically the theme that I have survived on. 
and that is intentionality around my grieving process why am i intentional about my grieving process because i realized that grief has changed me i'm not the same person that i was a year and a half ago and i think for a very long time i have struggled to come to the realization that that is my new reality and that has manifested itself in different ways and recently i was having a conversation with someone they called me randomly and you know how when somebody picks up the phone and they say oh hey sabina how are you doing and then you just say oh yeah i'm good and then this person said no how are you doing and when they said that to me i found myself getting extremely emotional and the reason i later discovered that i got very emotional is because it hit me that this is essentially pretty much the first time or the first few times when somebody has actually taken time out of their own you know life and turned the gaze onto my pain and it almost felt as if my wound my grief was put under a microscope and i was forced to look at the bleeding parts of my pain and that was excruciatingly painful but at the same time i'm extremely grateful because it opened up my 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 world and my eyes to the realization that the grieving process is extremely layered because this is not to say that for the past 6 months each and every single day i've been crying no i've had amazing and beautiful moments that i'm thankful have been actually um you know somewhat afforded to me by people who have shown me intentional care and i'm extremely grateful for that but i will also acknowledge that in between those moments of clarity and moments of stability there've been moments of you know darkness it's almost as if this shadow that never really goes away even though the sun is shining if that makes sense and the reason why those wounds will remain gaping is simply if you don't look at the wound or you want to act as if the wound doesn't exist which is exactly what in my view society looks at and examines grief we don't want to talk about the people that we loved we don't want to say that you know what i miss papa sabina or i miss so and so who was important to you and it might appear to be a very you know small statement in the sense that you just say the statement and you keep it moving but i believe very strongly especially now that it's important for one person who's grieving to not just say that you know these are my feelings around the absence of this person in my life but these are the effects this is how i feel about this person's presence in my life because if you look at death in terms of a negative then that is exactly how it's going to present itself in your life you're going to look at it as if you know the absence of this person means that you're not allowed to talk about this person you have no permission to simply be a person that is in pain and that is okay So again this was part of the fuel behind my desire to create our community where you need to remember consistently that you're not walking this journey alone all those feelings of the highs and lows that come with grief much like life um are being experienced by millions of people around the world but most importantly it's beautiful when you allow yourself to just walk the journey and allow yourself to simply you know be in a space of softness which is where vulnerability leads a lot of people it takes us to a spot where you're forced to you know look at your life and say wow this is exactly where my life has brought me to and 
that's okay the sun is still shining and sometimes the sun and the rain come out together and the beauty of it is a rainbow is always on the horizon somewhere this is my genuine desire for people who are walking this journey of grief i genuinely hope and i send out uh, vibrations for everybody who's going through the journey of grief to be able to get to that place where you can balance and say you know what today i'm having a good day and tomorrow i may not have a good day but right now i'm simply enjoying what my day looks like regardless of whether it's sunny or rainy so this is precisely what basically formed the basis of my vulnerability journey there are other aspects of vulnerability that i'm going to talk about in the you know subsequent podcasts i have a lot of things i'd like to talk about especially um, regarding relationships and you know what relationships mean around grief and vulnerability so please you know keep up with me and i'm not going to make any promises but i can assure you that each time you tune in to the good grief podcast yes you are going to come out with something that is going to strengthen your muscle each and every single time so now that we have <laughs> talked about you know vulnerability and intentionality and why it's important for one to be intentional around the journey um it's not surprising that somebody would say okay so how am i going to deal with you know this whole situation of me being vulnerable and this sort of intentionality and how is it necessary to my journey this is where the concept for me that i've recently coined called necessary defiance uh, necessary defiance as far as i'm concerned and as far as i am living <laughs> right now basically means you know the decision to not only acknowledge that you're going through a traumatic experience and not only that that traumatic experience is is the experience is also human but above all that you are the person who is in control of this journey and the reason why I speak about this ties into the idea of what your life looks like after the loss of the person that you loved like i mentioned earlier i'm not the same sabina that i was and i think that that has affected the kind of relationships that i have with my friends and my close family and you know relationships that i have whether they're professional or not and the reason why i say that is because there's a lot of internal work that comes with grieving it's almost as if a mirror is put in front of you and you're forced to look at yourself and really ask yourself pertinent questions real questions So for example a question that <laughs> has swirled in my mind over the past you know year and a half is what kind of relationships do I actually want in my life does it make sense to be in a friendship or in a relationship where you are only accepted and loved only when you're in your high season but when you're going through a deep dark season you're left by yourself essentially and you begin to navigate the waters with people that were no longer or previously not in your life those kind of situationships lead you to a lot of questioning and evaluation and at first i won't lie it it was very painful but i think that it's always beneficial to be able to come to your life to you know examine your story because at the end of the day you are the person who's writing your own story including your grieving story and my very strong conviction is if you are going to be in any form of connection with anybody it has to be rooted in authenticity and 
in your part of your authentic self is the grieving self you're not just always happy you also have these other parts of you that may not be very pretty to look at and they may not be very exciting to look at but they are parts of you and there is no reason for you to hide them in order to make other people comfortable this is where the notion of necessary defiance comes in it is the part where you as the grieving person takes control and says i am going to ride this wave and i would like for you to join me on my journey but if you don't that's okay and i remain hopeful and i actually expect other people to join me and the ones who will will be beneficial to my journey both ways i hope that makes sense like i mentioned earlier the uh, subsequent episodes will basically dig into this topic and i will expound and i will get a little bit personal and probably piss a few people off but you know things have to be done in the way that you know they've got to be done and you know it is what it is so back to the question so how do we deal with you know this intentionality and awareness what do we do in the face of this so again if you've been here a while you know that i'm all about practical steps of trying to find tips and ways and little diy's <laughs> if you may alongside even grief so one way is the concept of intentionality and this is basically you know making decisions that are beneficial to your grieving journey so for example you could make a decision and say you're not going to be on social media for an x number of maybe days or weeks or even months i know for me pretty much for almost a year i wasn't on social media now i know that that's not for everybody but you can be able to pick out whichever you know time frame works for you and the reason why i'm talking about you know this for example separation from social media and doing things that may not be beneficial to you is because grief leads you to a place of stillness and you cannot listen to yourself when you're constantly focused on the outward gaze that gaze will come inside and that requires you to be still and uh social media is not still that's just an example another example could be being intentional around the kind of company that you keep so for example um you could keep positive company around you and by positive people i don't mean people who are always just talking about positivity all the time because that can also be a drag and it's also just emotionally manipulative to just constantly be positive because we all know that as much as you're in control of the picture that you look at in life and that will reflect back to you you also have to acknowledge the parts that are not beautiful so what i mean by positive company is people who allow you to be in your pain they allow you to talk about your pain but most importantly they connect with you in intentional ways so for example like the phone call that my friend made the other day it might appear to be a small gesture of simply paying attention when somebody is talking about their journey and you do active listening you ask questions how does this make you feel how can i help you will it be okay if you and i can go for a walk or a run or whatever it is that makes you feel better in your journey of trying to release the tension that typically accompanies traumatic experiences uh another thing around intentionality or a practice is you could quit drinking for example you know you could say i'm just not going to drink for example alcohol or smoke for the next couple of months and i mean we all know the benefits of staying away from <laughs> drugs and everything i'm sure your parents have taught you that since you were small <laughs> but the point is um the intensity of grief and then when you mix it with the the polarizing effect of doing things like alcohol and drugs 
uh, when you put that together you're basically looking you're looking at a cocktail of negative explosion which is the last thing you need when you're trying to steer your life and stay in control so the point i'm trying to make here is very simple make choices that are beneficial to your grief journey because a lot of the times you, the reason why we feel stressed and we feel enmeshed and deeply entrenched in negative emotion is because grief is typically traumatizing it destabilizes your life and you are no longer the same person and that is where your desire and your drive to stay in control should come from right now a simple tip that I learned, by the way, over the past six months that I have been practicing religiously is after you have identified the intentional things that you can do to benefit your life, there's a question you can ask yourself each and every single day. And I really would like, you know, for us to practice this because I'm a living uh, example that it actually helps for you to ask yourself this question so the question is what do i need for today it's a very simple question what do i need for today the more you ask this question the more you are basically psychologically and subconsciously training your mind to provide you the answers that will aid you in bringing you closer to the light and by the light here i'm not talking about some you know heaven or whatever i'm talking about stability i'm talking about joy i'm talking about um, mental places that are clearer so for example if you ask yourself this every single day you'll find that your answers are very simple answers so for example you say you know what today i just need i, I just need food i need good food so what do you do make yourself good food or buy yourself good food or be around people who make good food and then be intentional about participating in this eating of this good food simple practice but the more you do it the more you will understand that you are actually taking care of yourself quite literally you are pampering the inner child that is bruised as a result of the trauma that you're going through so for me for example what do I need for today? Today, I needed um, a run. And I've been doing this for a couple of months. So I simply wake up in the morning uh, early and I just go for a run. I don't tell myself, oh, today I'm going to run five kilometers. No, I just run. And the more that I've done that, it's not only beneficial to you know the physical, but ultimately the mental and even the spiritual. It borders on being an experience that is totally elevating. And that does tremendous things in terms of putting you in an extremely clear headspace. And by the way, that clarity even feeds further into intentionality because the more you're intentional about these decisions, the more you realize that your everyday is actually more important than the bigger picture of quote-unquote getting over it. Remember the quote that I read in the beginning? Go back to Jeanette and listen to what I said in the beginning right so this getting over it and all that pressure that comes with it all these intentional practices will lead you to a place where you are much softer with yourself because you're taking care of that soft injured part of you so take care of yourself and of course the reason why we're doing this is because like i mentioned earlier you know grief is layered and no two days in the process of grief are alike i promise you you know the sun shines today tomorrow it rains just like life um, but with grief it becomes even more intense and i think there's a lot of 
emotional intensity especially during this pandemic season where we are not just affected by you know loss of loved ones and the tragedy of having to bury our loved ones you know in in ways that maybe traditionally we weren't doing but most importantly it's also you know the loss of grieving other forms of our life so a lot of friendships are breaking apart a lot of romantic relationships are ending a lot of people are losing their jobs and their sources of security and their you know um sources of comfort so there's a lot of should i say layers of grief that are happening at the same time and that is emotionally tasking which is the more reason why intentionality is key when going through this process so of course this is not limited to just the process of death but of course in this podcast we are specifically speaking to those who have lost a loved one ultimately what am i saying i'm just saying become your friend be your own best friend because you must because you must now before i leave i'm going to read a poem that has become my sort of affirmation that I I do as part of my intentional journey and the reason why this specific poem is very important to me is because it speaks to the very journey that I believe describes the journey of um <laughs> losing love looks like before I do I just want you to just listen and possibly take on as much as you know you can and hopefully this poem is going to speak to your own journey that is ultimately my prayer for you so here goes death is nothing at all i have only slipped away to the next room i am i and you are you whatever we were to each other that we still are call me by my old familiar name speak to me in the easy way which you always used put no difference into your tone wear no forced air of solemnity or sorrow laugh as we always laughed at the little jokes we enjoyed together play smile think of me pray for me let my name be ever the household word that it always has and was let it be spoken without effect without the trace of a shadow on it life means all that it ever meant it is the same that it ever was there is absolute and broken continuity why should i be out of mind because i'm out of sight i am but waiting for you for an interval somewhere very near just around the corner ah, this is by a guy called Henry Scott Holland and i love this poem because over the past 6 months this poem has reminded me a very true <sighs> a very very true cloud that i have hung on and it is the fact that energy is never destroyed it's transformed and therefore it means that there is no real separation between our loved ones that are no longer here physically and those of us that are here physically so 
Thank you so much for joining me again. My name is Sabina. I am your host on this Good Grief podcast. I hope that you will stay strong on your journey. Don't let go of yourself. Keep yourself on that driver's seat. Stay intentional. Stay deliberate. And remember, you're not alone. But most importantly, don't be afraid or sorry for putting you first, especially in this journey. You need to, you have to, and you must. So thank you so much for joining me and see you next time. Till then, take care. Ciao.